One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. English football has seen some scintillating siblings. The Neville brothers, Bobby and Jack Charlton, Carl Court and Ruben Loftus-Cheek. But none of them cause carnage like Colo and Yaya Toure. Lucas through the middle, it's Toure! The Ivorian legends hoovered up silverware, led secret double lives and shagged in supermarket car parks. Toure, then it goes, Toure it's in! This is the story of football's friskiest fraternity. Hello, Zach. Hey, Jack. Welcome back. Our guest today is Tommy Hilton, journalist and Man City fan. Hello, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Tommy. So you're a, you're a you're a proper Man City fan, yeah? Since, I am a proper Man City since fan. before, you know. Despite my southern tones, I am Zach can testify that I've been a City fan since birth. My dad gave me no choice in the matter. It's me and me and Tommy watched the uh, Man City title win in 2012 together. It was me, me, you, your brother, and your dad were at the pub. And um, obviously the whole family is like massive City fans. And your brother left when you went 2-1 down. He's literally just like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't watch. Left the pub and then obviously they turned it around. It has been brought up at the Christmas dinner table (laughs) since. Um, And the the front door has also been painted sky blue since that memorable day. Where did he go? Was he just pacing the streets? Well, he claims that he ran into a pub on the way home when the third and seminal goal went in, but... I'm sceptical. What do you think he heard the cheer? He heard the cheer was and he there ran a cheer? in. There was a cheer, because back then we used to be popular. The the man yeah. on the street, even in South East London, supported us. I, yeah. Sadly, I remember, I remember, with us, I remember so being now. on your side. I mean, it was probably because I was with, with you and your dad, but like I was I'm not not a city fan at all, but was I just got so into it at that that moment. Yeah, and stick one up Fergie's United. It was yeah. still like everyone was still sick of United. A lot of a lot of happy middle aged Arsenal fans, I think, back yeah. then. <laughs> Again, not so much anymore when we win things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so do you remember you remember the days when City were shit? Yeah, I went to um that's one way of putting it, but yeah. <laughs> um, harder times. Yeah, I went to Main Road. Um dad made sure that we got to Main Road before it um before it was sadly oh. demolished. It was a great place. Uh, dad used to call it Mecca. Um, <laughs> I remember our Sean Gota, Sean, Sean Wright Phillips was went to school with Zach and was a local hero. So we had a lot of uh, a lot of ups and downs. But we had some great teams back then. We were never good, but we were fun. Yeah, you I had think. some cult heroes. Yeah, Georgie Kincladzi is the one I remember from. Maybe that was a bit earlier. He was a real cult hero. I saw. I've, I've been to Georgia and they've got pictures of him knocking about. He was he was brilliant. I mean, before my time, but yeah. very very good footballer. He's like the Georgian George Best, isn't he? Wasn't he a bit of a? Maybe we should do an episode on him. He ended up getting relegated twice with City. Didn't you have that double relegation? We had double relegation and then uh, Paul Dickoff rescued us against Gillingham in the <sighs> what's now League One oh. and went double promotion back up. Romantic times. All right, going up the glamour scale quite a lot from Paul Dickoff. We're here, we're here <laughs> talking about the Torre brothers. It, it's the African Cup of Nations is on at the moment. So we thought, why not focus on two of the greatest African players to grace the Premier League? 
I guess it's them, Drogba, you know, you probably put daylight after them in terms of like the most successful African players. Yeah, I'd say they're, they're probably the big ones I can think of in the in the Premier League at least. You got, I mean, Samuel Eto'o, but by the time he came, he was kind of past it really. Yeah. Um, Didn't light up the league like these, these two yeah, did. these boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we get into it? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. So Kolo and Yaya grew up in Buake, which is the, the second biggest city in Ivory Coast. Um, so both of them played for a local team called Mimosas, which is a fun name. It's a party <laughs> what, drink. Yeah. yeah I, I was thinking they were in the youth team, which I don't know if the youth team is just known as orange juice. Uh, hey. Mimosa is also a flower, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I think, I think that's what it actually is. Uh, yeah. You think of it as a bottomless brunch ingredient. <laughs> your mind's been corrupted yeah. by yeah, yeah, your yeah. metropolitan existence. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, but it, was, it was quite a, a legendary youth team that, that Mimosas had at that point. So they had Colo and Yaya Torre, Javinho, Manuel Bue, Salomon Kalou, Didier Zakora. Um, so basically, basically all the big Ivorian players that you, yeah. you think of. Of that era, that was, it was basically, there was the big youth team. So Yaya and Manuel Bue end up signing for... Beveren, the Belgian side that people might remember from our, our uh, episode about Graham Stack. So Beveren at that time, they had this like really strong connection with Ivory Coast for some reason. Then in 2003, they had a team that was made up of 10 Ivorians and one Latvian for, <laughs> for a league game. Presumably the fans got really into that. You're like wearing orange and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't know if there was like any kind of city link to Ivory Coast or... Well, because like, what's Wolves' deal with Portugal? They always got Portuguese players. It's kind yeah. of similar. Yeah, yeah. What happened to the Latvian? Did he come via Ivory Coast? He's a naturalised Ivorian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Yaya, Yaya plays for Beveren, played for Metalodonetsk in, in uh, Ukraine, played for Olympiakos, Monaco, before finally actually made it to, to Barcelona. Um, Colo, on the other hand, goes straight to the top. So in 2002, he was invited for a trial at Arsenal. And at this point, Arsenal were chasing the title and they're battling Man United for it. They go on to win it that year. But Carlo's invited along to this first team training session. And for him, this is like his his big break. Like he's in there with Thierry Henry, Bergkamp, Perez, Vieira. So he's like players that he's grown up idolising. And he's really, he's really up for it. And first tackle in the game, he takes out Thierry Henry. Like apparently it was like a, it was like a red card tackle. Thierry's on the ground and Wenger's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like Colo, Colo, like no kicking, no kicking. So they kind of like switch things around. They want to just like get Thierry away from Colo. Like we need to protect him. Two minutes later, takes out Bergkamp with a similar tackle, and all the players are there just thinking like, "What the what the fuck is this guy doing?" Like we're uh, we're chasing the league title. We can't have Thierry and Dennis Bergkamp out injured by a fucking trialist. So. Arsene Wenger calls him over and is like, Colo, Colo, please, like, no tackles, no tackles. Colo's like, yes, yes, boss, yes, boss. So the game carries on and the ball spins up and lands at Arsene Wenger's feet. And Colo, without even looking where he's going, flies in, two-footed, takes out Wenger. Wenger (laughs) goes flying. And he gets, Wenger gets like taken off to the medical room. And apparently Ray Parler was telling this story that um, Torre, was basically in tears. Like he's got his head in his hands. Like this was his big chance. He's flown all the way over from Ivory Coast to be here. And he's now 15 minutes into this training session. He's taken out Thierry Henry, Bergkamp and Wenger. Um, so Ray Parler says that he, after this, he like went into the medical room and Arsene Wenger's in there with like an ice pack on his foot. And 
he goes up to him, he's like, look, boss, I, I really don't think he meant it. Like, give him another chance. And Wenger just turns to him and says, we're signing him tomorrow. I like his desire. <laughs> <laughs> but someone like told him to be really intense. Was that like the prank? I, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think he was just like, he was just so up for it. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. The yeah, rest yeah. is history. Yeah. And so, so he, he, he signs for Arsenal at that point. And in the 2003-2004 season, he really cements himself in the team alongside Sol, Sol Campbell. He plays every game of that season. It's, the, it's Arsenal's invincible season where they go the entire year unbeaten. And so he's a legend in Arsenal fans' books just for that season alone. He makes 225 appearances for Arsenal. And he eventually hands in a transfer request after falling out with Gallas. Um, <laughs> so, so Gallas had signed from Chelsea and I think he was basically, he thought he was the bee's knees. And um, Kolo and him just like didn't see eye to eye. Kolo said that throughout his career, you have times where you fall out with players, but on the pitch, you like put it aside and it's it's all right. But he says with Gallas, they've, refused to even talk to each other on the pitch so he kind of reached the point where it's like okay one of us is gonna have to go and colo's like okay i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go I'll, I'll do it i'll do it so man city come in for him in 2009 so post takeover yeah this is post takeover. i think it was one year after right. was it? it was when yeah. he came in with a lot was that the year that they brought tevers and others in i think yeah so so city make colo Toro captain when he joins and then they strip him of it and give it to Tevez instead. <laughs> it's a harsh world out there. Yeah. Also, but is Tevez a good captain? I know, I was thinking that because I swear Tevez, pretty sure he doesn't even really speak English. Yeah, I don't know how inspiring his team talks were. Yeah, he never, he never spoke English and it transpired. He claims it was for patriotic reasons because of the Falklands. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a good excuse as any. Good reason, yeah. Yeah, it's quite like, I'd always just assumed he was a, a simpleton. It yeah. turns out it was like a... A peaceful protest in the mold of Gandhi. Yeah, I think both could be and, true uh, in this instance. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's, it's just as well that they do strip him of the captaincy because disaster is about to strike. So in his second season at City, Torre's kind of lost his place in the team at this point. And I don't know, maybe he's, maybe he's feeling a little bit self-conscious about that because in a moment of madness, he decides to pop a few of his wife's slimming pills. We've all done it. Yeah, we've, we've all been there. What is a slimming pill? Is that a thing? I, know. I, I don't know, yeah. Shane Warne got done for it as it's well. It's a cigarette, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's mimosa. <laughs> Shane Warne got done for similar, didn't he? And Adrian Mutu as well. Yeah. Adrian Mutu, who obviously got banned for coke, then got banned again for taking his mum's diet pills or something. Mixed in with the coke or something? No, this is a separate era. Different sessions. Yeah, yeah, different yeah. sesh. Daytime sesh. Yeah. Probably the, the coke on its own are probably... Yeah. <laughs> Slimmest people out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, unfortunately for Cole, he gets gets hauled in for a drugs test and gets banned for six months, uh, which was a blow for him because he'd already kind of lost his place in the city mm. team, I think, at that point. And it was, yeah, kind of, I don't think he ever really recovered at City. But nicking her diet pills wasn't the only thing that Colo was hiding from his wife. So in 2010... Colo meets a 22-year-old student called Kessel Casayo in the in the 2am drizzle outside Bijou nightclub in Manchester. I don't know, you've 
Do you familiar with Bijou? I can't say I am. Maybe yeah. I should have been. My, my university days in Manchester weren't around Bijou, sadly. No. More of a warehouse project. Yeah. Guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Kona in there a few times. <laughs> 4 a.m. with his popping his, his wife's slimming pills. Yeah, just it? getting thinner the as the night progresses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then off to Bijou in the rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to chat up some students. <laughs> but... Kessel doesn't doesn't recognise Cola and he introduces himself to her as Francois, a Ghanaian car salesman who's recently moved to Manchester as a as a student. And he she she says at some point, like, sure, sure you, you look you look a little bit familiar. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I mean, you you probably know me from my charity work in Africa. <laughs> anyway, they get on well and they swap numbers at the end of the night and they arrange to meet up the next day. And they do, and they kind of spark off this affair that goes on for the next two years. So Colo goes round to her student flat. I'm imagining some like grotty bedsit in Fallowfield. Um, apparently he'd always turn up in a, in a baseball cap and aviator sunglasses. <laughs> so, that, so no one recognised him. And uh, he always, always called her from a private number so that she didn't waste her money calling. I mean, that's a red flag if your boyfriend won't give you yeah. his number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll sell you a used car, but he won't give you his yeah. number. Francois, you're so mysterious. Yeah, very <laughs> part of the appeal. Yeah. He's off doing charity work. Yeah. He's got a great board after those swimming pills. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so but she has no idea. She has no idea. So this is, yeah. Uh, she says that he he used to like lavish her with with sexy lingerie and jewelry and at one time he he apparently got down on one knee and gives her a diamond ring he insists that it wasn't an engagement ring it was ring it was just to you know it was just a declaration of his love he's he is married at this point i should should say um <laughs> so at one point after they've, they've been going out for a couple of years and then colo just disappears for for like three months and and kessel's like What's going on? I mean, I guess it was always a bit of a weird relationship, but um, you know, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe we won't see him again. And three months later, he reappears, like drops her a text, and they meet up. And he's like, "Oh, I was just back in uh, back in Ghana selling cars." So she's like, oh, "Okay, sure." The truth, in fact, was that he was back in the Ivory Coast marrying his actual wife. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Which is yeah, naughty, naughty Colo. Another another what you would think might have been a red flag in their, in their relationship was that Colo insisted that Kessel never took any pictures of him. So the only photo that she ever got of him was a shot that she snapped of him coming out of the, out of the shower. For the benefit of the day, we're looking at a picture of uh, Colo Tori peering out from a, behind a, a shower curtain and it looks it just looks like looks like a student flat. Yeah, room, you can smell it? the mildew. Yeah. Really, I'm getting nostalgic about Fallowfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we've um, all lived in that flat. Yeah, some yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange men poking their heads around corners in your house. <laughs> so none of our housemates were football fans, I guess. No, so so this is what happens. So he gets caught out in the end because she shows this photo to a friend, and the friend friend looks at it and is like, "Well, that's that's Colo Toro." <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so at that point, I have to say, like, if if you haven't seen this picture before, please Google Colo Torre uh, shower, and you'll you'll see this picture. It's, it's brilliant because yeah, he's looking so startled. Look, yeah. <laughs> um, so her like, friend's just like, yeah, that's that's, that's Colo Torre. title winning, <laughs> <Yeah>. invincible defender. <laughs> yeah. 
married man. Yeah. Yeah. So then she, um, she Googles Kylo Torre and finds these pictures of him like lifting the, lifting the Premier League trophy and also finds pictures from his wedding like three weeks before. Um, so, so yeah, that was, then the game's up for, uh, for Francois, the Gardet and car salesman. Did she just never hear from him again at that point? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously you could make a case that this was quite a scammy move from him, but I have to say credit, most footballers rely on their fame to uh, to meet, meet meet romantic interests, whereas he's done it as a used car salesman yeah. just outside a nightclub. Inspiration. He's got real charm, is yeah. my point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Genuine. diamond rings as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the diamond rings, yeah. which do help, but no no phone number available. There was also the similar story of Sylvain Distan. Yeah. Sylvain, Sylvain Distan had a, a secret lover who he told was a milkman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could pick a sexier job than that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and also, aren't they notoriously untrustworthy men who... Milkmen fornicate with people's wives. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, no, that's true. They're not to be trusted. Their bad boy image, maybe. Yeah, I mean that's almost exactly what he's doing. Maybe he's living out some sort of fantasy. Yeah. Also, yeah. he's a Man City defender as well, wasn't he? A fellow, yeah, fellow City legend, ethical yeah. men. We, we like <laughs> specifically the centre halves who are living yeah. these weird double lives. How did he get caught? Same story. Oh, I, I actually can't remember. I mean, you, no. you're a, you're a footballer. You're going to get recognised at some yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Colo kept this up for two years is is pretty impressive. Two years of going out with someone who disappears randomly, private numbers you, and doesn't let you take photos of them. You must be a bit like, I don't know, there's, something's not right here. Yeah. Yellow flags at least, surely. <laughs> yeah. Orange. Yeah. <laughs> but was this his only affair or was he, you know, kind Oof, of... Well, <laughs> no, no, no spoilers. Ooh. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll return to that topic shortly, but first, Yaya. So uh, Yaya joins Man City in 2010 which I guess allows Colo a bit of escape from his Francois identity. He's got someone who knows him back around him. Uh, so this is the same season that Balotelli joins. It's obviously a, a huge time at City. And Yaya had come from Barcelona, where he'd had a bit of beef with Pep uh, Guardiola, who would later manage him at City. His agent, Dimitri Selic, had been stirring things up. And we'll return to Dimitri. But uh, Yaya, I think, you know, by the time he joined City, he's like a world-class player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won the Champions League at Barca. People were excited. I mean, that Barca team was stunning when then... Six titles, was it? Yeah. 08, 09, and he was a big part of that, I think. Yeah, I'd call that the greatest club team of my life, probably. Although I find Tic Attack really boring. But anyway, uh, Yaya, like, in some ways, takes City up a level. And his finest season, 2013-14, he scores 20 goals. First midfielder to do that since Frank Lampard. City win the league, obviously. And Yaya's named City's player of the season, which for most players would probably be, you know, enough recognition from his club. But Yaya's not so sure. And a week after City win the title, they fly to Abu Dhabi for a meeting with um, the owners of the club. And and they're all there. And it happens to be Yaya's birthday, the day they're flying out. And, you know, everyone has a nice time with the owners. But a few days later, Yaya's agent, Dimitri Selleck, comes out and says that Yaya is livid and upset because the owners did not shake his hand or wish him happy birthday or get him a birthday cake. So we, we all remember this saga probably. I'll, I'll just r- remind you of how it pans out. So Dimitri Selleck talks to BBC and he says, nobody came to Yaya to say happy birthday. None of them shook his hand on his birthday. It's really sick. And then, <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, this is agent a bit mental. But Yaya Toure then tweets, everything Dimitri said is true. He speaks for me. I will explain after the World Cup. 
And the BBC are like, uh, okay, this is pretty weird. And then suddenly they find a photo showing that Yaya received not one, but two birthday cakes from the club. So on the flight over to Abu Dhabi and at the team hotel, Sissy did give him a birthday <laughs> cake. So they asked the agent, they're like, well, you said he was annoyed about not getting a cake. And Selleck and Selle says, yeah, they didn't say thank you. They didn't shake his hand. And then he says, Yaya, a car is not necessary. Money is not necessary. Just attention. <laughs> so everyone's like, what? I'm still a bit unclear. What I think... Basically, um, possibly Sheikh Mansour or Khaldun al-Mubarak, who's the chairman of City, didn't come up to Yaya at the party and, were, and said, like, you know, happy birthday. They probably did say, thanks for the 20 goals, well done on winning the league, mm. which for me is probably more important. I'm not a birthday guy. <laughs> <laughs> Some people really, you know those people who like, they have a birthday week. I'm a bit of, I'm oh, a bit one of yeah, them. Yeah. Me and Yaya, you know, similar kindred spirits. Yeah. <laughs> you might regret saying that at the end of this <laughs> How kindred? <laughs> was uh was this episode mentioned in the in the books? So Tommy Tommy's read a uh, unofficial Yaya Torre biography. A legacy of greatness. By uh by Kathy Dixon. Shout out to Kathy Dixon. Living all of our dreams by self publishing a biography of Yaya Torre. <laughs> does does she mention Kate Gate? Um very, I mean, she's more on the football accolades. Uh, I yeah. think, yeah, we need to balance it out with more of the. Yeah, we don't do much drama. of that. I said he's, he scored twenty goals. I mentioned that. Yeah, or like, well, like, didn't he score something like nine of the ten free kicks he took or something? I can't remember. I mean, I, I actually had a season ticket that year, and he was. I mean, it was he was phenomenal yeah. to watch. I remember mainly kind of striding up the pitch and pinging them in after like one two with David Silva. Yeah, That's he the was kind of main so memory. watchable, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Anyway, Yaya Toure later does a massive 180 on this cake thing when he sees it's kind of blowing up in his face. And he actually meets with Khaldun al-Mubarak, the chairman, and apologises. And he says, says even to this day, it, it hangs over him. He said, when people see me in France or Africa, they ask me, do you want cake? But I think it was mainly a power play about getting a like a pay rise because his agent did it every year. He'd be like, oh, Oh, yeah, I was really unhappy. And then he signed a new contract. <laughs> Again, about the birthday. Yeah. <laughs> but why fixate on a cake if he did have two? I think he he thought it was a good opportunity. And actually, the other thing he said was, he said when Roberto Carlos was in Russia, I think, the owner of that club gave him a Bugatti 
what is that a motorbike or like a supercar? What is a Bugatti? I might have lived in Abu Dhabi, but I've never owned a Bugatti, so <laughs> don't look at me. No, no petrol heads on, on the sofa. Bugatti, today. It's, a, it's a car. Yeah, it's like the most expensive car. Yeah, it's in like the world. half a million yeah, quid. Yeah, yeah. And and um, they and he said to the BBC, like, well, Roberto Carlos got that. And then Roberto Carlos's agent got asked about it, and he was like, what are you talking about? Like, what's that got to do with anything? What's that got to do with the birthday cake? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I think what they did is they didn't shake his hand, and he was actually quite annoyed about it. He's a birthday guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, while Yaya's not getting enough attention from his club, in his personal life, he's got the opposite problem. His phone starts being bombarded with texts from horny admirers propositioning him. And he gives an interview to the tabloids where he says, I've had to change my phone number to escape from these women. I'm very much a stay at home person. My wife is enough for me. I like peace and classical music. I don't want to tire my spirit listening to loud music. So he's like, you know, I'm a real family guy. I'm, I'm not into that. Um, which, you know, all sounds very charming and impressive until later that year. So I think we're in 2015 now when an escort named Sandra Antoya gives a kiss and tell interview to the tabloids. And Sandra says that Yaya found her listing online where she describes herself as tremendously kinky, unlike most Africans. So I, I guess quite a religious continent. She, she is African, I should say. She's not just randomly criticising them. And she says, I excel in giving pleasure to those who demand the very best in quality entertainment. Which to me sounds like a Netflix press release. Like, <laughs> she's got something yeah. different in mind. Anyway, she then describes meeting with Yaya. He was very polite and took his shoes off at the door. I made him a coffee and then he gave me £160, which is a bit extra. He was quite nervous, but once he got going, he was fine. He kept saying he wanted to change my life for the better, but I did not ask how. Guys are always saying that to me. So I think that's some sort of post-coital guilt there. Anyway, so she she talks about sleeping together and she said like they did it a few times. One time they meet in Sainsbury's car park, drive to a country lane and they have a bonk in the car, in Yaya's car. But his, the alarms keep going off in the car and he keeps like knocking the gear stick and loads of buttons, <laughs> like setting the hazards of the windscreen wipers off. He's got long limbs. Yeah, he's yeah. a big guy. And, you know, in a car, it's tricky. Uh, anyway, she says that kind of gave her the ick and it didn't happen again after that. I don't know why that's a problem. But yeah. I guess it implies... I think that's, that's like one of the hazards of Shaggy in a car. Yeah. Is that, especially with a guy as big as... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess maybe she found him clumsy is the point she's going <laughs> yeah. out. Seems harsh. <laughs> Have you seen him striding up through the through the midfield. There's nothing clumsy about, about it. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's the end of her and Yaya. But one person who gets wind of this before it makes the papers is Kolo Torre, Yaya's brother. And he decides that he'd like to see Sandra as well. So Kolo gets in touch and she takes him to the very same Sainsbury's car park in Wilmslow, which is like a, it's quite like a posh suburb of Manchester, isn't it? Leafy. Um, and they shag in the car in the Sainsbury's car park. And she says... Kolo has sex like an animal. A few times he called me just to ask, am I good at sex? And I have to say he was. He's sex mad. He's always bragging he has a bigger manhood than his brother. So I guess it's like a, a brotherly competition thing. Yeah. I don't now have a brother. Now, so. they've both, uh, now they've both ended up at Man City. Maybe Kolo's feeling a little bit overshadowed. Because obviously, like, Kolo sort of made it in the big time before Yaya. Like, part of the Invincibles team. Probably Yaya was at that point lining up for like Beveron or someone. Yeah. So, so he's feeling like a bit of a nobody. And, and then, Kolo's older. And then and Kolo's older. So then Yaya's sort of come from behind and usurped him. As he's the, also taller. He is taller. So do you think yeah. Yaya is, sorry, Kolo is trying to reassert his older brother's status 
Sounds like Sainsbury's Car Park is the place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Should you need to prove your macho quality. I'm also seeing the Colo Torre Gallas fall out in a different light now. <laughs> <laughs> Only room for one centre-back with Sandra. Yeah. <laughs> um, she does say she has a number of other footballer clients, but she doesn't name them. So. Was the, do you know if the, the Sainsbury's Car Park was during the day? Or no, I think night? it was at night. It was at night. It would have to be, surely. I mean, they still have deliveries at night. I mean, I, I look, as we've learned, Colo Torre is a brazen guy. Happy to pose as a used car salesman called yeah. Francois. Selling cars in yeah. the car park and then having a bit on the side. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. E- for, even for him, I think that's hiding in plain sight, isn't it? Doing it in Wilmslow Car Park. Yeah. Or do you think he, maybe he got to know the car park because he was down there in his like pretense as a, as a used car salesman, like looking looking for Ford Focuses. Yeah. 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 This would be a good spot to challenge my brother's manhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he is returning to the scene of the crime, so, it, you know, Yaya used the same car park. Although Yaya drove to a country lane, which I think is a bit more romantic. Reminds me of the story of uh, Gary Lineker down a country lane. That This was with his, with his actual wife. I think it was when he was starting out at Leicester and they'd been given these little, like, Fiat's and Gary Lineker took his wife out and they were like, went for a drive and they pulled up in a country lane and you can imagine what happened next. But um, then at some point they were like getting to it and he just felt, he heard a knock at the knock at the window. He's like, all right, Gary, how are you getting on in there? And it turned out that Gary, on the side of this Fiat, was plastered Gary Lineker, LCFC. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't Peter Shilton get, he was cheating on his wife and he was, he was yeah. smashed outside a pub and he was shagging a woman in a car and like a policeman was walking past and knocked on the window and Shilton panicked because he was over the limit as well and he tried to speed off but he had his trousers around his ankles and got like caught up and crashed into a tree or something, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. There might even be more to that story, I can't remember. it. Anyway, a lot of footballers in car- shagging in car <laughs> yeah. stories. That's a theme. Yeah, 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 tune in for a special a episode on that at some point. Sandra <laughs> <laughs> um, does say one more thing about Colo. She complains, Stingy Colo gave me a £10 tip my window cleaner clients pay more. So he, his reputation doesn't escape unscathed. Poor old Colo. Anyway, both players pretty much ignore the story. Yaya sticks to his, you know, his line that he loves peace and classical music. But later that year, there are more negative headlines. It emerges he fathered a child with a Parisian woman. There's actually quite a nasty element to this, which is that apparently she says that when she asked for child support money, he said she had to send him naked pictures in exchange, which is... Pretty grim. And a few months after that, Yaya is spotted making three night stays to see a girl in Essex. So I, I don't know how the tabloids track him down there. And a neighbour says, the girl lives there with her family. He visits for three days at a time. She's stunning. And there's a photo of him emerging from the house. Slight shades of Carlos car salesman photo yeah. in the shower. It's like qu- quite candid. You know, it's just like emerging. Long, long lens. Yeah. yeah. And he's just coming out of like quite a normal suburban house in Essex. I kind of wonder... Do you think this family that Yaya's staying with for three days at a time, do you think they know it's Yaya Torre or is it a similar yarn? Yeah, yeah. The car salesman's brother. Yeah. 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 We've done Milkman, Sylvan Distan, what's left? Butcher. Yeah. <laughs> got a candlestick maker staying with us. <laughs> anyway, so at this point, Yaya's uh, defence is starting to look a little bit shaky. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, my wife is enough for me. It's, it's not looking so, so legit. And it's put to the test again when he is pictured in bed with an R&B singer called Tanika Bailey, who performed with Stormzy, you know, okay. if you recognise the Which name. Which track? Uh, I can't remember. I think she was 
just like a backing singer. But she she posts a picture of her and Yaya in bed, captioned Queen Nika and King Yaya. It's a bit um, of a giveaway when he's married, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and his claim that he likes peace and classical music also comes under scrutiny. <laughs> when he's pulled over for speeding in the early hours in the morning after leaving a, a house party in Dagenham. Um, so police pull him over and breathalyze him and find that he's twice over the limit, which, you know, normally that would be just your, your, your standard football affair, except that Yaya is a devout Muslim. Um, so obviously he shouldn't be drinking. Um, eventually goes to court and Yaya's fined, he's fined 54 grand which at the time was the the largest fine for drink driving in British legal history. Wow. Why why is that such a big fine? Was he well over the No, limit? I don't think so. I don't think he was that far over. It's, I'm not really sure why. Is it because he earns astronomical amounts? So yeah, did they, two, days, two days wages or something. Yeah. And did, did he lie to them about... No, I don't think, no, I don't did, think so. No, he was, he was quite upfront about it. So he, it goes to court and um, he basically insists that he didn't know that it was alcohol. So he says that he was drinking from a jug that he thought was uh, was Coke and it turned out it was rum and Coke. And um, you should kind of think like, you, you can taste the difference. But didn't he say, I've never tasted alcohol, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was his So first. he lied. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I think that's why, um, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he yeah he gets, the, gets this huge fine. And in 2018, he leaves City. He's kind of dropped out of the team for the for the previous years, I think. Um, and he's not not too happy there. Obviously, they forgot his birthday, which is mm. deeply offensive. Never forget. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one month after leaving, he gives an interview where he says that Pep has a problem with Africans. So his full quote is, he's had a problem with Africans wherever he's been in the past. When the day comes that he picks a team featuring five Africans and not naturalised Africans, I promise I will send him a cake. <laughs> 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 just like one an extra parting shot yeah. well was Pep even there when the cake thing happened it was Pellegrini wasn't it I think so yeah <laughs> maybe Yaya only recognises adulation in the form of cake yeah <laughs> it's the only praise he understands yeah do you reckon every time he met he turned up to this Sainsbury's car park maybe that's why he arranged, maybe that's why he arranged it in a Sainsbury's car park we've got to grab a Colin Caterpillar do, they do, yeah. well, that's m actually <laughs> decent Victoria Sponge in Sainsbury's yeah they do some good cakes yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so he's so he's burning his bridges with Pep yeah is this just because yeah, yeah. he I mean Tommy maybe you're best to answer this like is this just because Pep gradually sort of pushed him towards the bench in a way I mean Pep pushed out I mean obviously he's now like considered a genius and I in a very biased way, would say rightly so. But there were quite a few players that he did push out that were both fan favourites and very good. I mean, Joe Hart is one that I always mm. remember. He was, we used to sing songs about, you have to, you don't drop Joe Hart, Super Joey Hart. Really? Um, and, fact, that decision aged very well. Exactly. Say, yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly if there was one moment, but he was phased out despite having been one of our best players for years. I thought he was just, you know, older. Getting old. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kate, when did Kate get, how old was he at Kate Gate? 30 or something? Yeah. Already? 31, it was his 31st 31. birthday. Yeah. There we go. So yeah. he was already getting on. Yeah. yeah. Also, Aguero's dad, after Aguero left, made some comments suggesting Pepper pushed him out. Because you remember, there's the famous Pep crying interview. That we cannot replace him. Yeah, and uh, and then his dad was like, "That's a load of bollocks." Like he he forced him out, kind of thing. But so. then didn't Aguero go on to have like heart problems about? Yeah, again, six months later again, or it something. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It turned out to be quite a good decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's pretty shrewd on those things. I think Yaya had fallen out with Pep at Barca as well. Yeah, I think 
yeah, Pep had sort of moved him on from there as well. Anyway, Yaya had taken it to heart, clearly, mm. uh, and read read a bit more into it. And Yaya's agent, um, Dimitri Selleck, backed his boy with a vengeance uh, and really, he really cranked things up a notch. So he, <laughs> Dimitri said, Pep has set all of Africa against him. Many African fans have turned away from Manchester City. And I am sure that many African shamans will not let Guardiola win the Champions League on the fu- in the future. It will be like an African curse on Guardiola. So... From this point, this this legend grows that there's this curse being cast on on Man City that they they won't win the Champions League, and they they keep on crashing out in these kind of ridiculous ways. They lose to like Monaco, Leon. They lose the final to Chelsea, obviously. Sad, after, sad which, times. Yeah. After the Leon one, Dimitri Selleck, yeah, his agent tweeted a picture of a Pep voodoo doll with a pin. <laughs> like, the, the doll's making like a really anguished face. Yeah. <laughs> this guy sounds brilliant. Yeah, he's nuts. And actually, like, I, I always wonder, like, why is Yaya sticking with him? But they're super tight. He, Yaya names one of his kids after him. <laughs> Dimitri or Dimitri. Sam, Dimitri. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder, it's like, was it, was there a curse on Man City? Was it just Pep deciding to put like Edison up front and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they call it the overthinking it was always yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean certainly that Chelsea game felt like that yeah, yeah. I don't like to think about it too often we don't yeah. have to anymore to be fair thank god mm. it all ended well in the end we got there so in 2021 Yaya writes an apology letter to Pep where he basically takes back all these these allegations that he's uh, got problems with Africans and then last year Dimitri Selic also came out and said I want to apologise for this matter. I think it's time for this bitterness to stop. I can say that the spell has now been lifted by the Shamans. <laughs> <laughs> and one month later, City win the Champions League. So, there you go. Yeah. Evidence. Oh, it all to Dimitri Selleck and the Shamans. How do you think, this, does he have a direct line to the Shamans, Mr. Dimitri? Yeah, Seems I, to. I don't know. I yeah, d- well, he's, got, he's got the voodoo doll, hasn't he? Also, if you're trying to put the controversy to bed, probably stop claiming to be performing dark yeah. magic of any, of any kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or was it just when he saw they're playing Inter in the finals? I should probably lift that curse. <laughs> yeah. They're looking pretty good this season. Yeah. The curse might be wavering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, when he said that as well, Yaya then tweeted, being like, "Please ignore this man. He does not speak for me." So then, <laughs> obviously, at some point, have finally fallen out. Yeah. After both making loads of mad statements. Yeah, he's a, he's a character. Cakes and curses. It's a good, yeah. it's a good motto. Yeah. So that's the end of Yaya's City career. Obviously, Colos finishes a bit earlier. He goes to Liverpool uh, under Brendan Rodgers. He joins in that famous season where Liverpool should have won the league, but Gerrard slips. And this is also the era where it emerges that Brendan Rodgers is a bit of a cringe merchant, a la David Brent. So do you remember there was a documentary? It was one of the first of the, this new breed of football documentaries. Channel 5 followed Liverpool around. And um, Brendan Rodgers was, uh, he tells the interviewer, my biggest mentor is myself. Um, and there's, there's a scene where he pulls out three envelopes and he's, he's like, I've, I've written in these th- three players who will let me dine this season. And that's my Brendan Rodgers impression. Um, and all the players are like, well, we can see that those envelopes are empty. So I don't know what like mind games you're trying to play with us. And there's another story. I think this actually was at Swansea that Brendan Rodgers apparently used to give team talks entirely in Spanish and there were no Spanish speakers in the room <laughs> just trying to show off his skills. Um, anyway, they do pretty well. Uh, but this is, you know, the back end of Colo's career. He's starting starting to fade as a force. There's a few nice moments. So um, they go on a preseason trip to Australia and uh, Colo refuses to hold a koala. They're trying to get him to like hold all these... Um, Australian animals and later in the press conference they ask him why and he says I'm not really 
big fan of animals. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was not uh, especially to the koalas, of course. <laughs> you know, I have a dog which uh, been to my house for seven years. I never even touched him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I found it quite charming. Carlo's quite like he's he's really funny. I think in interviews, he's quite like joke. He was laughing about the dog thing, um, and then he follows Brendan Rodgers to Celtic in 2016. Plays a handful of games, uh, and then this is his retirement. There's one moment where in a press conference they ask Colo like, "What's your favourite song that you hear f- from the stand?" Um, you know, meaning they're expecting him to say like, "You'll never walk alone," or like, you know, "Bye bye Rangers" or something. And uh, Colo misunderstands and says, oh yeah, I really like Whitney Houston. <laughs> and then they're like, no, 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 football fan chant. And then he gets the whole press conference singing the Colo, Colo, Colo. I don't speak Scottish yet. <laughs> <laughs> the best song, um, don't laugh. Eh? Okay, I like Whitney Houston, you know, and... Uh, but, uh, but he meant like like the fans the fans, ah, the fans sing the fans songs oh. yeah. but, but, but now we know <laughs> the fans songs from all the club yeah. I've been to yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, I would say I like the one in Mont City because that they are the one who start calling yeah yeah ah, so, cool, cool. you know I like that let's sing Colo 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 yeah 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 Okay. Nice. <laughs> I love that he opens that. The clip opens with him telling a journalist, sorry, I don't speak Scottish yet. <laughs> I love their accent as well. That like French West African accent. It's a really good listen. Anyway, so that, so that Celtic's the end of, of Colo's career. He retires after that. Meanwhile, Yaya goes on after Man City to Qingdao in China, second tier side, who win promotion under Yaya Torres leadership on the pitch but in his final game of professional football he gets sent off after 10 seconds 10 seconds yeah he kicks kicks an attacker as he's sort of like retreating so it's oh, a needless bit of 10 violence. seconds into the mat like yeah, yeah, from kickoff he yeah. kicks someone already I'm <laughs> smelling a dodgy bet I think so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Torres would be sent off within twelve seconds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> surely you think if you're like lashing out at someone, that's normally it happens late on in the game when someone's been like kicking you for the whole game. You get really wound up, but like ten seconds in, do you think it was a player he'd had previous with, and he was like, "This is my last chance, this is yeah, my last yeah, game." Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a faster man than me, just slightly, but to get into the opposite <laughs> half in ten seconds, let alone it looks, take yeah. someone out, it looks to me in the clip like he's retreating into his own half, like the balls maybe even a corner against his team and they're all sort of running towards his own goal and he just comes up behind the guy and just kicks him right in front of the ref. <laughs> yeah, I think it must be settling a score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you built up feuds in the Chinese league in one season? <laughs> yeah. They play like nine matches. <laughs> Is it actually, a, I, I love a red card on the final game. There's another great one. His old Barca teammate, Gerard Piquet, who he was named as a sub for his last ever game. Everyone knew he was retiring and he was going to come on in the second half just to like say goodbye. But at halftime, he stormed on the pitch to argue with the ref about a decision and ends up getting sent off. And then with his final words as a professional footballer, he just tells the ref, I shit on your prostitute mother, <laughs> which I think is a is a common sweat a phrase in Spanish, right? It's either that or it's very creative. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great farewell. Anyway, Yaya finishes up in China, but his retirement is short-lived because... He gets the call up for Soccer Aid and charitably agrees to pull on his boots one more time to play for the World Eleven. Um, unfortunately, the excitement of playing alongside Ed Sheeran and Davina McCall gets to Yaya a bit. 
Um, and so the, the team make a WhatsApp group for the World Eleven. So it's a mix of sort of like minor celebrities and ex-footballers. And no one's really saying anything in the WhatsApp group. So to break the ice, Yaya posts a porn video, which one group member describes as a naked woman in a bath acting in a lewd manner. Um, and then when there's still silence, he doubles down by suggesting that they hire 19 prostitutes to the team hotel for before the game. One per player. Apparently, <laughs> it's just silence. And then people just start leaving the group. It's like Dermot O'Leary left. <laughs> Jack Whitehall left. I think Jack Whitehall would stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably, it'd probably be just those two in the end. Um, <laughs> there were like some England women's players in there as well. It wasn't even just like a bawdy blokes chat. It was just like, was so obviously a bad idea. Um, anyway, he insisted afterwards, I meant it as a joke. Um, and he, he deleted the messages, but too late. They kicked him off the team and he never got his Soccer Aid swan song. And that was that the is, end. That is sad. Yeah, that was the end of uh, Yaya Toro's football like career. like to have seen him kick someone off to yeah. 10 seconds. 10 seconds Soccer Aid very hard. Yeah. Well, Has anyone ever been sent off in Soccer Aid? Surely. Or did you think they do it? Didn't Boris Johnson like rugby tackle a German player in it once? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Which weirdly made him more popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yaya's now assistant manager of Saudi Arabia. I saw this, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. But Mancini's Mancini manager, took yeah. him over, I guess. They're actually, I think they're having a bit of a tough time because Mancini's dropped loads of the like star players who like were in that Argentina game in the World Cup. And there's a bit of a mutiny on their hands. I've heard, yeah. I mean, he's doing everything via translator, isn't he? And I think it's really? not, not gelled from what I've heard. What, so, oh, yeah, cause no, I don't have any specific sources on this, but <laughs> <laughs> from what I've read, as you may have. Uh, but yeah, I think it's not going well. Can you imagine Yaya Torre being a good manager? Do you think he's going towards that? He understands, you know, giving cakes to his players. <laughs> yeah. Just stick in the carrot. Yeah, he yeah. understands the, the carrot very well. <laughs> the chocolate carrot. There's only so many times you can give someone a cake to inspire them before they <laughs> yeah. need to try something different. Before you escalate to a Bugatti. Yeah. <laughs> no in between. And do you remember Colo briefly had a foray into management? He was Wigan manager, but he was sacked after 58 days having not won a match. Which, yeah, tough break. Where are Wigan? Are they League One now? Yeah, they're League One. That's quite a tough gig. Tough first gig for Cola. Wigan's not too far from Wilmslow Sainsbury's car park, though. So <laughs> it's, within, it's within touching distance. I've got everything I need right here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the Torres' career. I think, I mean, like, it's obviously quite a sordid story in many ways. Like we've, we've talked <laughs> yes, that's the Tories' career. That <laughs> <laughs> was the, the main highlights of their immensely successful football career. Footballing we've, we've, we've worked it down to them shagging in this age breeze car park and posing as a posing as second-hand car sales. <laughs> yeah. well, should we talk about a bit more football? Nah, I mean, what's, no, what's, um, that's not what we're here for. What's uh, Kathy Dixon said? Do you want to read us a couple of extracts, Tommy? I'll, I'll give you a few. This, is, um, this book's she, called Yaya Torre. A Legacy of Greatness. She yeah. loves an adjective, I would say. <laughs> I want to go back to Beveren where it all began, or after Mimosas anyway, after Mocktails FC. <laughs> um, for Torre, Beveren became more than a mere club. It became a crucible in which dreams were forged and destinies were shaped. The lush green fields of Beveren Stadium bore witness to his metamorphosis as he honed his craft, adapting to the unique demands of European football. <laughs> well, they're just like a mid-table, <laughs> lone farm <laughs> feeder say, club. I've, I've seen videos of Beveren Stadium, but I wouldn't describe it as lush green yeah. Also, the only other time we've mentioned Beveren on this podcast was two fans like scaling the fences <laughs> yeah. and attacking the goalkeeper who, who then punched one of them. Yeah, on those lush green fields. Yeah. <laughs> a hallowed turf. I think the one that does actually summarise his football, I mean, him and 
Tory and Silver were such a powerful duo. Mm. And Silver, I do think, has received more praise than Yaya, maybe because of Yaya's antics or, I don't know, falling out with Pep or whatever. But he, he I really do think they kind of complement each other. And this, Kathy Dixon agrees, apparently. Their mesmerizing displays of skill, creativity, and footballing intelligence left spectators in awe. They became synonymous with Manchester City's rise to prominence and represented the club's shift towards an era of sustained success. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue yeah. that. Amen to that, I'd say. Yeah. That's a very different picture of Yaya Torre than the one we've just given in this podcast. <laughs> it's almost like it's a different person. <laughs> yeah, based on the one you've given, I'd like to distance my previous comments that me and Yaya are kindred spirits. <laughs> It was a good balance anyway on this pod, which is always important. Yeah. Uh, do you think he's been, do you think his era has been slightly overshadowed by the Pep De Bruyne era where, I mean, City have been even more dominant, even more glamorous, and the players have been kind of good as gold, bar Kyle Walker, admittedly? Um, I think for City fans, no, because there is still that, obviously it was a, it was such a big changing five five years or so for us and that kind of spine of company silva yaya torre aguero will always i think they are kind of legend status i mean obviously de bruyne and this new team also will be legends or are already but from a fan perspective i think we've also had quite a few more i mean someone like rodri for example amazing footballer but he's he's quite anonymous whereas mm. i think yaya torre was a big character on and off the pitch as we've yeah. as we've heard mm. and Maybe football-wise, I think De Bruyne, we've we've had some very good centre midfielders since, so maybe on a footballing level. But in terms of fans, I think he's still got a, a place in the pantheon. Yeah. And there was like yeah. a chaos to that era, whereas now it is a bit bland. It is a bit like hyper-dominant and quite controlled, whereas then it was quite chaotic. I mean, like the Aguero goal, even the way Yaya played, obviously all this off-field shit. Yeah, and we had players like Gareth Barry and Lescott. Like, you know, we had stars mixed in with, with quite average players mm-hmm. um, or... No offence to either of those <laughs> Catching some straight fire. <laughs> Joe Hart as well. I didn't come out of this great. I think Gareth Barry was actually the most, underrated. Yeah, is it Gareth Barry, the, the, doesn't he have the most Premier League appearances ever or something? Yeah, him, and boring, him and Milner. Yeah. Boring fuck. Yeah. Uh, and, and on the sort of more sordid sides, Zach, do you think are these sort of, where do you put them in the pantheon of shaggers we've discussed? Who else have we done that's in that category? Maradona? Um... Uh, Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney's a big shot. Oh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is leading, <laughs> leading the way. I'd say Tiger Woods is, feels more sordid by quite some distance. Yeah, but I think this one is quite quite creative, quite fun, unless you're obviously Yaya or Kylo's loved ones. Yeah, unless you're in any way involved in the story, <laughs> yeah. in which case, quite a yeah. lot of deception at play. Yeah. It's a bit murder mystery, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, costume drama. Yeah, that's as positive a spin as you can get on this. <laughs> All right, well, Tommy, thank you for coming and providing the positive spin. Thank you for having me. Thanks, we'll have you back on for City Players and Beyond. The Gareth Barry episode coming up, (laughs) I'm sure. It's actually a (laughs) four-parter. And Zach, thanks a lot. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.